Hello, everyone. This is the JML for Real podcast. Yes, that is right. It is the JML for Real podcast. This is your host, JML, coming at you. And today we have a special show. This is part one of our draft reach or pass series. Part one of the draft reach or pass series. Tonight I will be featuring Mr. Joshua Rarick. Say hello to everyone. Hey, everyone. And as not usual, this is a fantasy football episode of the podcast. Yes, it is. This is a fantasy football episode. And we are also joined for the first time ever with the lovely Sarah Miller. Say hello. Hello, world. You can say more than that. I don't mind just saying that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I, I finally dragged my wife onto the show. And uh, yeah, she's going to be uh, throwing down with us on, uh, tonight as we're discussing the quarterbacks and the wide receivers. That would be quarterbacks and wide receivers, a draft reach or pass episode. Draft. So, yeah, just just some simple breaking it down. All right. If we're drafting a player, that means we like where they're going in drafts. We're going to give you the ADP, the average draft position, and their position rank. So if we like where that player is going in drafts, we're going to say that we would draft the player. If we would take that player sooner than there, then we're going to say we'll reach for that player and if we don't want that player at that position, or we don't want that player at all, we will say pass or hard pass. So basically, that's what it comes down to it. Um, and yeah, no, so it's very simple. If you've done fantasy football, which really, if you're listening to the show right now, you're listening because you've done fantasy football. Like, I'm pretty sure I don't have an audience <laughs> member that doesn't play fantasy football at this current point in time. So this is a fantasy football show. We'll be doing two offensive shows. Tonight will be the quarterbacks and the wide receivers. Uh, the next one will be the running backs and the uh, and the tight ends. And the final show will be our defensive show. Uh, the, for the defensive show, we'll be swapping out Sarah Miller for Ethan Shukas. But for the two offensive shows, this is your team, Mr. Joshua Rarick and Mrs. Sarah Miller joining me. And, yeah, we're getting ready to have a good time. So, And I hope you are too. And thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of the JML for Real community. Uh, in the show notes, we're, we're going to have the ways that you can connect with the community on Facebook and how you can follow it on Instagram and Twitter. So definitely look that up, become part. We've already started to do some surveys. Uh, I get some input from the community before I do shows. Uh, obviously, it doesn't, um, uh, obviously, it's not every single week that we have input from the community for a show, but at the same time, you know, if you have an idea, a thought, a suggestion that you want to share, I'm all open and I'm listening at all times. So, yeah, once again, thank you. If you like the show, give us a five-star rating on Google or Apple. And, uh, yeah, thank you to Anchor for hosting, World in Sport for allowing me to write for them. Let us dive right in to the first episode of our Draft Reach or Pass show. And we're not going to waste any time. And we're going to hitch. We're uh, right at the beginning. We're going to jump into the top, and that is Patrick Mahomes. And you know, the, the first question would be, well, why are you covering Patrick Mahomes? There are different strategies. There are people that believe that no matter how talented a quarterback may be, that you just don't take a quarterback before a certain round. I am actually one of those people. But before the, uh, before I say too much on that. Patrick Mahomes is going on average at the 18th pick. That would be towards the end of the second round. We're going to pretend like we're doing a 10-man league, 16 rounds. So 18th pick would be um, would be the uh, third to last pick in the second round. And um, 
He's going as the first quarterback overall. Josh, what are your thoughts on that? Draft, reach, or pass? I'm a hard pass on that. I don't think Patrick Mahomes is the best fantasy football quarterback this year. Okay. Uh, you, you can say who you think is. Oh, I, I don't actually have a definitive yes to anybody, to be honest and completely transparent. I just think that there's a category of four or five players that are in that same level. And yeah, I, you, you know what the truth is? The year that Patrick Mahomes was the top fantasy quarterback, he wasn't projected to be coming into the season. The last three top right. fantasy quarterbacks weren't the top quarterback projected at the beginning. And I'm not saying that I just want to clarify real quick. I, I'm not saying I don't love Mahomes. I don't think I'm not saying I don't think he's a top three or four quarterback. I'm thinking the end of the second round, you can get a lot better. You know, Patrick Mahomes, JMO is a huge proponent of points above positional replacement, which is a random stat category for most of us. But I don't think Patrick Mahomes is going to finish the year that far above his replacement. I think what you can get there is still better. Yep. Well, how about you, Sarah? What are you doing? Draft, reach, or pass? I actually completely agree with Josh here. Um, It's just a little early to take him. He's great, don't get me wrong, but it's just a little too soon in the draft. Yeah, here, you know, honestly, when I, when I look at what's going here, I would much rather uh, reach for a stud tight end that might be projected to go beginning mm-hmm. of the third. I would definitely, there's definitely still plenty of running back talent that is so deep at that point. And if there is not, there's a chance that you get a top three wide receiver here. So it's, uh, when I look at it, um, the difference between getting Ryan Tannehill in the eighth versus getting Pat Mahomes in the first is actually not that significant. And uh, uh, yeah, I just want to clarify real quick. Um, I think it would be beneficial to our listeners. What is our, our what is the scoring format that we've used for this determination? Oh, we are using ESPN standard for this. I just wanted to be clear that because, you know, I want to let the listeners know right up front which scoring we were using so they can see where we might be coming from. And, and a, a quick shout out to that. The reason why we're using ESPN uh, he may not be the best, but he is the OG, uh, and that would be Matthew Barry. And <laughs> Mike Clay probably is the best uh, is probably the best ranker for the offensive side that's out there right now. And they're both ESPN guys, so quick shout out to Mike Clay for being the best, and Matthew Barry for really laying the groundwork that makes shows like this even possible today. Mm, preach on that, brother. Right. <laughs> okay, so moving right along, we are. Hitting up Aaron Rodgers uh, next. Uh, he is being taken roughly halfway through the fourth round in the 45th position overall, and he's being taken as the fourth quarterback off the board. Josh, give us some thoughts. Oh, I'm in massive draft here. Um, I would say actually reach would be more likely to be my thought process on this. We're getting an angry Aaron Rodgers coming off an MVP year. Man, I don't, I don't see a way that there's somebody – that's in a fourth round slot, you're not getting an Aaron Rodgers. This guy's actually going to put up 30 point games in a standard ESPN week. Okay. Let us hear from Sarah now. So this time around, I, I actually disagree. I don't, I mean, you can, you can get a lot of angry players. Yeah. But I, I would have to pass. His situation's a little weird. He's definitely not happy. And I hope that's for him on because I love Aaron Rodgers. But for me this time, it's, it's gotta be a pass. Hmm. I'm going with a hard pass. I don't want anything to do with Rodgers in this draft. Oh, wow. Uh, I, I'm, start, I'm starting to believe uh, that the injury is going to happen. Uh, taking off that, that whole offseason, um, I'm just getting paranoid. And, yeah, 
I, I'm a guy who has shares of Randall Cobb, but you know, the truth is that's just the end of the bench player right now. And if I'm wrong, I have Randall Cobb. And if I'm, you know, if I'm right, then I don't have any significant shares of Packers. So hard pass for me. So um, I want to point out, I think this is an appropriate time. If I can hijack your podcast for 0.4 seconds. Yes, you can. <laughs> Our uh, resident Packer fan that has hosted this podcast many times is not here yeah. to defend his quarterback. Um, I hope his belly feels better soon. <laughs> and, uh, I would love to see him next time, you know, man up, fight through a belly ache to lay on your couch and record a podcast. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So moving right along. <laughs> the rivalry is real, Mr. Miller. Uh, Sarah, do you have anything to say about belly aches right now? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, um. Being, yeah, yeah, okay. being the only one on the podcast that's pregnant, I can uh, I can definitely understand Tommy troubles. Oh, so you're defending him? <laughs> well, I mean, I'm I am actually here on the podcast, and he's not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, yeah, no, we are that now. We will move right along uh, to Justin Herbert. So uh, skipping. Oh, no, my bad. I am not skip, skipping Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott coming off the injury, being taken at the end of the fifth round, the sixth quarterback off the board. What do you got for us, Josh? I'm a pass. And um, the reason I'm a pass is I, I think there's, at this point, I think there's better quarterbacks with a less of a gamble. This whole Dak sitting out there in preseason, and I, I am dating a podcast, so you'll know when you're listening. <laughs> Actually, not a lot of the training camps and stuff like that with a mysterious shoulder injury is uh, it's a little concerning to me for a guy coming back off a what can only be considered a catastrophic leg injury with um, Joe Namath himself or not Joe Namath. Uh, help me out here, J-Mill. The guy that shattered his leg during the, by Lawrence Taylor. Um, from the Jets. Seisman. Yeah, Seisman. Feisman himself said that th this is not an appropriate recovery time and that bad he he's worried. I'm going to go ahead and defer to guys that have shattered their legs out before. <laughs> okay. Any thoughts, Sarah? So originally I was, I was going to draft him in our keeper league, definitely. So I would have said draft, but with the shoulder too, that makes it much more complicated. So I'm actually changing it and going to say I'd have to pass as well. Much love to Zach though. He's, he's good. Well, yeah, no, I, I love Dak. I believe in the talent. I still think it's a little too early. Uh, I actually don't <laughs> think the injury is going to be a problem. So, I, I'm, so you're not drafting, you're not drafting Ben Nanushi in any league. Okay, no, I, I, I actually believe that I have more confidence in Dak playing uh, more games than Aaron Rodgers this year. And, and I know that sounds really oh. weird. With that said, I still think it's the risk is still clearly there. And I don't take quarterbacks before the seventh round. It's just the truth. Uh, every league that I've ever played in, I've never, uh, except for, you know, Loaf, which ha has the, you know, we, we have so many different keepers, uh, so many different uh, contracts that, yes, I have taken a, a quarterback in the first round of Loaf before. But at the same time, in redraft leagues, which we're talking redraft right now, I don't take a quarterback before the seventh. Dak is not talented enough to make me reconsider that. Even well, with C. Lamb and Amari Cooper, the injury risk. So <laughs> there we go. 
All right. All right. Moving right along. Justin Herbert being drafted on average at the end of the sixth round, the 59th position, taken as the eighth quarterback off the board. What do you got for us, Josh? A reach. Uh, this is this is my MVP candidate. If you go back and listen to our award show that we recorded, I, I clearly call Justin Herbert to not only win Offensive Player of the Year, but to win an MVP. I'd almost be an absolute idiot if I said the guy's an MVP without being willing to draft him at this point. Uh, yeah, I hear you there. Sarah? I would also reach, uh, he's in a great situation with Eckler and Allen there. And I, I love drafting rookies, so. Well, he's not a rookie. You I'm know sorry. That. Wait, wait, what? Second year. He said all the rookies. He said, I'm sorry. Jeez. I wrote that funny down. I get it. Yeah, I get anyway, it. 2021 didn't, 2020 didn't really happen. Let's be real. <laughs> right. That was not, that was basically a very long training camp for most people. <laughs> right. All right. So uh, I, I said, I don't take quarterbacks before the seventh round. This is clearly the sixth round. So you can call this a reach for me, but I'm actually drafting. Uh, if if Herbert is on the board in the sixth round, I will I will break I will do something I've never done before and still take and take Herbert. Uh, wow. And this is coming from someone who sees great value in getting his uh, uh, in getting his uh, third running back or third or fourth running back at that point. And to everybody in any of my fantasy leagues, you stink. You shouldn't have let me get Herbert on waivers, and I hope it hurts. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> Moving right along, touchdown, Tommy, terrific. Um, a quick side note, uh, we will definitely be having Hall of Fame shows coming up. I, I, you know, obviously Tom Brady links to Peyton Manning in my, in my mind. And, and anyone who's really thinking about one or the other, the other one comes up. And obviously we saw him congratulating Peyton on Twitter. Uh, the, uh, the induction ceremony is tonight, so that dates this podcast. Uh, so yeah, definitely, um, we will be doing a uh, a Hall of Fame show that will be uh, doing some level of feature for both the class of 2020 and the class of 2021. So be on a lookout for that this Tuesday. And yeah, just a quick plug for a future show. But uh, obviously, Tom Brady is going to be on that show in I don't know six or seven years. Uh, ho- hopefully not eight or nine. Ho- ho- hopefully he's going to be on that show in just five years. But you know. Uh, we, we all know that, how that goes but uh, yeah so uh, he's being drafted in the 63rd spot so early in the 7th round at the ninth quarterback off the board what you got for us Josh I'm a uh, pass a hard pass actually and all I'm going to say is pick up Kyle, uh, pick up Will Trask in your league you're going to want him off waivers this year that, that's, that's, that's it father time has caught him I, I hear that here, Sarah. Oh, I agree. I'd pass as well. I mean, I always I keep saying like much love and stuff like that, but yeah, much love. Tom Brady, he's, he's great. He's, he's getting a little older, um, but yeah, I'd, I'd go with pass too. Yeah, for me, it's a hard pass. I mean, uh, honestly, uh, earlier in the offseason, I had to force myself into saying Brady, but Brady's getting old and whatnot because you know I force myself because I can't be wrong about it. But as the season's getting closer, it just kind of feels like. I don't know. It feels like a little bit different, Brady. And uh, scooping up Kyle Trask is a a very good idea, in my opinion, because I don't know that he won't be starting some games towards the end of the season. Right. And I'm not, that's not to say the Buccaneers will be bad. Oh, no, no, no. The Buccaneers are going to be great uh, regardless. 
I want to put this in perspective. I have I have friends that are Tom Brady's age that have grandchildren. <laughs> yeah. Like Tom is old. Yeah. And regardless of what you want to say, old bones can t- only take some. I know he's healthy. I know he's a freak of nature. His diet's on point. I respect the crap out of it. If you haven't gotten the TB12 diet book yet, go ahead and grab that. Um, yeah. <laughs> right. But uh, bones can only take so much. You know, that, that's yeah. all there is to it. We're human. Bones can only take so much damage. And, and maybe it's unfair to say a hard pass because I'm guessing if I haven't picked up a second quarterback and it's the 16th round and Tom Brady's still there, yeah. that I'm probably picking up Tom Brady. That's fair. Um, <laughs> but that that's close enough to a hard pass, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's you accidentally got lucky and Tom Brady fell to you type level. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Somebody's going to take it. All right, moving yeah. right along. Uh, Joe Burrow, we, we, we jumped out a little bit here. We're going from uh, to the 11th uh, quarterback being taken at, right at the beginning of the 11th round. What's your thoughts on Joe Burrow? Uh, that is a absolute hard pass to a point where if you draft Joe Burrow, send me a screenshot of your league so I remember making fun of you in six weeks after <laughs> the season starts. Um, Joe Burrow is good. The kid can win. As far as I can see, the Bengals didn't do enough to help that offensive line. Joe Burrow is going to get cracked. And even if he doesn't get hurt, he's going to – here's a name for you that it may, I think of when I think of uh, Joe Burrow. And I hope, you know, this actually stings to any Bengals fans that listen. But uh, David Carr. Ouch. Um, great quarterback. All the potential in the world. They just never gave him an offensive line that could assist him in living in the league. There you go. That's what I think about Joe Burrow. All right, Sarah, you're up. Same, exact same. I mean, you got to protect the guy somehow. And a bad offensive line is is just terrible. Yeah, I agree. Hard pass. Okay, so I'm going to spice things up a little. Um, (laughs) In an earlier show, I called Joe Burrow the next Russell Wilson a guy who succeeds despite the fact that he's put in a situation where he has no business succeeding. So Mm. in the 10th round, I'm probably looking for my quarterback too. And I am content running, you know, because I wait till the seventh to get my first quarterback and in the 10th, 11th, I'm I'm looking for that second. Uh, Joe Burrow has some appeal to me. Now, if I didn't get a quarterback one that I like, um, you know, if if I had to settle, uh, if I, kept on going uh, down, down further because there was no one I liked the value on in the seventh, no one I liked the value on in the eighth. And I got maybe a, uh, a Matthew Stafford in the ninth. I'm not sure I'd feel comfortable taking Burrow. I think I'd much rather reach for someone who's being listed after him. But at the same time, if I got that quarterback in the seventh that I like, uh, let's say Ryan Tannehill, then I have mm. no problem going with Burrow for the upside. So that's why I am drafting Burrow in the 11th. As my QB two, though, I need to make that very clear <laughs> when I'm saying this. That's fair. Moving right that. along, Trevor Lawrence. End of yeah, end of round twelve, or is that beginning of round thirteen? Pick number one twenty. End of round twelve. Ooh, fourteenth uh, quarterback off the board. What you got for us, Josh? Pass. Uh, man, that that injury. We didn't see the full extent of the injury. 
and I'm kind of happy we didn't. That injury during the college football playoffs, man, there's no way that thing doesn't linger. And, you know, not to sound like that guy, but I'm going to be that guy because I'm a Notre Dame fan, and uh, now I hate Clemson. But uh, if you get lit, if you're getting hit by Ohio State, your body, if your body can't survive Ohio State, your body cannot survive teams like the Buccaneers. And if you look, Jacksonville actually has the Washington football team on their schedule this year. So Ooh. good luck. Ooh. <laughs> All right, Sarah, let's hear this. Oh, make me second guess myself. I mean, I I thought I thought Lawrence was promising, so I I think I would take him. Yeah, I think I'd draft him then. Okay. I mean, I think the I think what you can see clearly here is that uh, the Mrs. the great Mrs. Miller. Lakes Ohio State. I like Notre Dame. My team lost. Her team won. So therefore, I mean, I, have... I grew up in Ohio. So I mean, that's <laughs> a fair point. Yeah. So now we have radically different takes on a guy <laughs> because of what happened with our teams. Yeah. Perceptive, perceptive, uh, perception of the college teams that you're going up against. Uh, now, w- with that said, though, um, like it, we're talking end of the uh, end of the twelfth round, beginning of the thirteenth round. Again, I, st- it's, I it's just don't like him. Com- it's how comfortable you feel with the first quarterback you got. Because there, there is a when, – when I'm selecting my second quarterback, I'm my first one I'm going for consistency. My second one I'm going for upside. And mm-hmm. I can see the upside for Trevor Lawrence. Not because I believe in him. Not because I believe in Urban Meyer. But because there's such a huge question mark in my mind if Urban Meyer is actually a genius or if he's just a madman running a franchise down into the ground further. Um, and I'm starting to feel that if he was a madman running the, the team down into the ground further, that he, uh, that I would be able to have a clear opinion on that. So I'm guessing he's just a level of genius that I don't comprehend at this point. And uh, which gives to a, a, huge upside at the end of the 12th beginning of the 13th in my opinion i wouldn't reach for him by any stretch of the imagination but uh i'd i'd take a flyer so i guess that's not really a draft as much as take a flyer right i don't even know what you qualify that as yeah what does it well i just gave a very specific set of information as to (laughs) this this is what why i would take trevor lawrence here at the end of the day it comes down to it is there a scenario in which I could picture me taking Trevor Lawrence at the end of the 12th round or the beginning of the 13th? And yes, there is a scenario in which I could picture it. So therefore, <laughs> I'm classifying it as a draft. Um, so, okay, so you're a draft there. But, um, you know, I'm, do you mind if I date your podcast in the recording sure. of this for one second? Well, I mean, we already dated it. We said that the induction ceremony for the Hall of Fame is going on tonight. That's true. Um we haven't addressed it yet, but, and I know it's silly. I know his family's not going to listen to it, you know, 90% chance anyway. But uh, on behalf of everybody involved in this podcast, I, w- I just want to point out, because you brought up geniuses and we were talking about college football, but uh, we lost probably one of the greatest football minds that we've ever seen today in Bobby Bowden. And oh, wow. uh, I didn't, I just, I didn't even see that on Twitter or anything yet. Yeah, I just want to point that out that we, you know, today we lost one of the greatest college minds. So when we step back and look at football, we, I, I just, this is where it comes in together. We have to appreciate 
and I just it's a silly thing to bring into a podcast we, man we got to appreciate what we've got right now you know you know honestly that that kind of uh ties in uh yeah we'll give a quick hall of fame plug from last night when the class of 2020 i don't know if you got to watch the class of 2020 get inducted but uh mm-hmm. jimmy johnson's speech was was very much was the speech of the night in my opinion and it was very much a tearjerker it was uh uh, the whole theme of the speech was quality time left, and he was apologizing to his sons for the time he didn't spend with them. And it's like, mm. oh my goodness! It's like, you know, it, it it's enough. It's enough to make any parent uh, tear up a little as they were watching it. So, um, you know, um, just kind of segueing that off of that, because because you, you never know how much you got left, right? We're yeah. So you know, just for anything, but. <laughs> No, but just for the listeners of the podcast to bring it back into football, mm-hmm. we got to stop hating people, man. We got to stop hating people like Nick Saban for being brilliant. We got to stop hating Pete Carroll for making things good that shouldn't be or Bill Belichick, you know. Let's just embrace what we've got. Nobody, No other generation has lived in a time where you can have a realistic debate as to who the greatest NFL coach is in this, like right now. Yeah. You know, it was, it's always been clearly definable who the best coaches were. Right now, we don't know who the good best coaches are because there's so many of them. Let's just be grateful that we live in a day and age when the sport has adapted this way. And forget all the petty stuff we always yell about. And just be appreciative of the fact that we get to watch this great game at what probably is going to be considered the best age of it. Though, to be fair, any Jets fan still has the right uh, to be upset. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. I, I will so, say if if I wasn't a Jets fan, I probably would like Bill Belichick. Mm. But so who's next? Getting back on track here. Sorry, I derailed you. Chuatagapalola. <laughs> I just I just love I just love the name. That I mean a, it's a fun uh, name. Honestly, it's I, I give give me some Tua, but uh yeah, that has nothing to do with uh, uh, a uh, fantasy draft though. Um, yeah, he's being taken. He's being taken at the end of the 15th round, so he's barely being drafted in our in our 16 round 10 man league, and he's being taken as the 16th quarterback off the board. So he's being taken as the third as the third worst backup. Um, what you got for us, Josh? I'm gonna go ahead and say <clears throat> that at this point, my assumption is you have your two quarterback. You have your top quarterback. You know, and my assumption is if you're looking quarterback in the 15th round, you have a very good quarterback. Yeah. Uh, I, I take him. I, I draft him here. 15th round, you're really looking at guys like uh, Evan Ingram as what you're comparing 15-round talent to. And the upside for two is so much more than Evan Ingram at this point. <laughs> right. Especially with the Devontae Smith added factor there. Is it, these guys have played together. They're they're good together. Ellen Waddle, not Devonta Smith. Yeah, sorry, Waddle. You're right. Waddle and you know Tua, they still have been good together. They they've won national championship together. They have that built-in chemistry already. They understand the timing already. And with a guy like Jalen Waddle, who runs that forty and almost four-one. Yeah, it's to a have, ridiculous time. To have a quarterback that already understands that timing. You know, Tua understands when to release that ball and where to throw it to for Waddle. That is going to be an exceptional combination all season long. Agreed. 
Sarah? Yeah, I mean, I agree as well. You pretty much sum it up there. I would definitely draft Tua there. He's a, he's a great talent, definitely. So I'm just going to flat out say this. I'm reaching for Tua. Like <laughs> You just don't have a no, 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 it's not, it has nothing to do with the name or anything. It has nothing to do with him being <laughs> Alabama. I get it. I'm sometimes a little Alabama biased <laughs> when, when it comes to college. Uh, but, uh, it, you know, it's – would I want Tua, Tua or Trevor Lawrence? I want Tua. Would I want Tua or Joe Burrow? I want Tua. If I already said that I would potentially draft those guys in the 11th round and the 12th round, why wouldn't I draft Tua in the 11th or the 12th round? The, the fact that he's fallen, I don't get him falling to the 15th round because mm-hmm. he's, a, he's a running quarterback. The only question would be the injury. But you have that question with Burrow, and we you have that question with Lawrence, and you, you get what I'm saying. Like, I'm, I'm looking at the guys who are going before him. I take him before Trevor Lawrence. I take him before Joe Burrow. I take him before Tom Brady. Those are the three guys we discussed before. <laughs> and Tom Brady's got an ADP that's putting him in the seventh round. I believe in him. I believe in Coach Flores. I believe that this Dolphins team is is going to continue to fly under the radar until it smacks them in the face. And and knocks a very important team like Cleveland, Kansas City, or Buffalo out of the playoffs. Mm. So give me some Tua on a reach. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, and the last one we're going is uh, the the last pick of the draft, uh, pick one sixty, Deshaun Watson being drafted as quarterback nineteen. What you got for us, Josh? Uh, hard pass. The guy's not going to play. Yeah. Sarah? I mean, I, I'd, yeah, I'd love to tell you, listeners, for a better reason, guy's not playing. Yeah. I mean, even if he was, I just, I, I don't want to mess with someone that is just, I don't know. The whole situation is just off the wall. I'm done. Nope. Don't He's, you know, for your listeners that don't know, I'm, I'm incredibly well-educated, multiple master's degrees. There's my flex for the day. And the best word I could give you to describe Deshaun Watson is icky. Come back. Yeah, I just don't want a guy that makes me go, ew. Even if it was clarified <laughs> that he was going to be playing this season, I don't want him. Yeah. I, a hard pass. I don't want him because uh, – and, and honestly, the person – I don't want him enough to the point where I question the character of the person who does. Period. Mm-hmm. And if that's harsh and if that hurts, then, you know – Maybe you should reanalyze yourself, right? I agree. Okay, so that is our quarterback wrap-up. Wrap up. Uh, who has something to say? That I'm sure that somebody gave an opinion that uh, someone else didn't like. Let's hear it. Josh, any, any, any questions targeted at one of the two of us? I do want to know, and <clears throat> this is – do you think our our beliefs on Deshaun Watson have anything to do with the fact that all three of us here, obviously the Millers are, you know, together, but all three of us have children that live in our house? Uh, I probably has something That's to probably, do with that. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, but th- does it even have to come down to that? Because it's kind of like everybody has a mother. Everyone has, you know, everybody has someone, has some significant female in their life whether it be mother, sister, wife, daughter, etc. As someone who uh, as someone who lives in a, a multi-generational house, um, I, I, 
I have a, a story like the Sean Watson, the fact that he's not even remotely apologizing for any of it just really <laughs> bothers me. Yeah. Like, I would probably risk yeah. going to jail to take a swing at him if I ever saw him in person. <laughs> And to be fair, we do live in a country where you're proven until you know prove you're guilt innocent until proven guilty. Even though a lot of times it's you're guilty until proven innocent. Yeah, Deshaun but Sean has Deshaun true, has done nothing. Many. Yeah, he's done nothing to make me think he's innocent. Instead, yeah. he's almost said I'm guilty, but you can't prove anything. So you know, and that that's where I come at him from. Yeah, yeah, I'm just. Yeah, not 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 a Watson fan at all. <laughs> I would rather draft Mike Vick right now today than I would Deshaun Watson. Yeah, and, and Mike Vick isn't even playing. I don't That's think right. <laughs> so to be honest, if I'm going with a quarterback that's not playing, I, I definitely uh, I don't know who who would I really want. Drew Brees because you're not <laughs> Drew Brees. <laughs> I, I, had, I, I, I want no part of Tebow either. <laughs> I had to. Uh, I think Drew Brees. Um, I, I have him on waivers, by the way, in two leagues. <laughs> because I feel like he might get bored. I, I, have, I, have, I, have Alex, <laughs> I have Alex Smith on my watch list. And <laughs> <laughs> Those Don't wait for Megatron bored. to come back. I've had him on the watch list forever. <laughs> That's awesome. But, um, yeah, so that's our segue into wide receivers right there. <laughs> we know what a segue is. That doesn't sound like a segue. Yeah, he's a wide receiver, so segway. there's a segue. Oh. oh, okay, got it, got it. Oh, here, Sarah, Sarah thinking a segue is something you ride on of two wheels, oh, right? <laughs> no, I couldn't think it was a good segue. Oh, wow. So I do know that I in the first round here of uh, quarterbacks, there's a few times I accidentally took the thoughts that Mrs. Miller was going to say. So I would wait to volunteer to let her go first with running backs. Oh, you don't have Well, to with wide that. receivers. We're jumping to yeah, wide sorry, receivers here. Sorry, with wide receivers. I would wait to let her go first, so that way I don't steal her thoughts. <laughs> All right. People, people could actually see, by the way. I want to just say this, and, you know, because I know it's going to happen because we live in a – even though it's 2021, it's still a sexist society a little bit. I would put Mrs. Miller up against any one of your listeners right now in a draft to see who wins. And I'm willing to bet you at the end of the season, we look at her beating 90% of your listeners. She, she often does better in a draft than me, you know, not an overall season, but in a draft, she often does better than me. Oh yeah. There's nobody I would think, you know, when I talk to people about her, there's, I say that she, she struggles with injuries, she struggles with waivers, but there's nobody that I know that drafts better than she does. I'm so. I'm very honored by both of you guys. Oh well, I mean we're only we're only saying what we've observed. So <laughs> yeah. So all right, let's go wide receivers. First one out the gate is Calvin Johnson, right? Yeah, Calvin Johnson, Megatron. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got we got some Stefan Diggs out of the gate. Um, so yeah, he's being taken with with the last pick of the first round, the tenth pick overall. That's the third wide receiver off the board. What are your thoughts, Sarah? I mean, I definitely, definitely take him. Um, I mean, he's Stephon Diggs. If, if you weren't watching last year, then I don't just say he's he's fantastic. Okay. <laughs> I guess that's pretty concise, Josh. Yeah, my favorite quarterback in the league right now is uh, Josh Allen. Therefore, I have to take Stephon Diggs because Josh Allen. <laughs> 
you know. Okay. Like um, how, many, how many times were we watching games last year where Stefan Diggs, you know, had like six fantasy points going into the fourth quarter and somehow he woke up and he's got 30? He's just so explosive that I think even on his bad games, he always has potential to have an amazing game in, the, in a quarter. Fair enough. Uh, for me, it's it's for me, it's pass. Uh, honestly, I, I don't. So, I, you know, so I, tell I, me why I don't go. Wrong. I don't go wide receivers in the first round. I don't go wide receivers in the second round. Honestly, the running back pool depletes too quickly, and uh, I, I disagree with him being the third best receiver in the sport right now. I really believe that uh, DK Metcalf and Justin Jefferson are better than him, and I still hold. Uh, I still if, hold D Hop and Devontae better than him too. If and Jefferson is I healthy, really do. what? If Jefferson is healthy, as of this moment, we don't know what the status is. Yeah, yeah, we don't know what the status of Jefferson is, but uh, he he was going as wide receiver free when Jefferson was healthy, and obviously Jefferson's still on this list, so we're going to uh, we're going to um, be getting to him actually next. I'm just saying that in in my opinion, Stefan Diggs is the sixth best wide receiver in the league. He or you know he's. He, he's he's in that top five range. I don't I don't have him like obviously Cheetah is going above him, Tyreek's going above him, uh, Devontae is still going up above him because Rogers is back. I don't see where Diggs passed Hopkins in 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 the overall talent level. And honestly, I think that DK and Jefferson are both ready to make the next steps if Jefferson's healthy. So for me, uh, I would I would feel comfortable taking him towards the end of the second round rather than the end of the first round has nothing to nothing against his talent or anything. It's I give me, you know, give me Nick Chubb there instead. It's going to work out better. Okay. All right. So Justin Jefferson being taken as the first pick of the third round, uh, uh, ADP 21 with the, uh, as the seventh receiver off the board. Fuck Sarah. So I want to kind of stress in a in a keeper league, I would I'd definitely take him. But set up for a keeper league, I just have to say that just with, with the the injuries he's had, I, I have to pass. Um, he's definitely talented. He's definitely great. But I I don't know. I just I don't know. I'd have to pass. Okay, Josh. I'm gonna be a pass here. I think it's time for it's it's a, a sophomore slump season for him. And I, I look at him a lot like Odell, and that's not a good thing. And when you're talking about mentally, if guys have figured out how to cover him, which I believe that they have, his ego is his ego does seem very fragile. And I, I think he's going to end up with that same type of sophomore season as Odell, where he presses and nothing falls through, and then he kind of mentally just collapses on himself. Well, for me, I'm on a draft here. Uh, this is factoring in the injury, uh, you know, it, going in the third round. Uh, I think before the injury, he was going in the second round, which he would have had a pass on me at that point in time. But going in the third round, it's uh, one of those things where um, I feel comfortable taking a wide receiver uh, in the third round. I still hold to, I believe that he is a better receiver than uh, Stefan Diggs. I, I've said it in this podcast numerous times that within two seasons, he's going to be the number one wide receiver in the sport. So why would I, I'm not going to let a, uh, a questionable injury that the Vikings organization doesn't seem to be that worried about uh, derail me. As a matter of fact, I'm, 
I'm kind of thankful it's happened because now it puts Justin Jefferson in play for me with still getting two running backs in the first two rounds. Mm. AJ Brown being taken two picks later, the, uh, the third pick of the third round, pick number 23, ADP of eight. Okay. So, I mean, you got Julio there, you got Henry there, but I still think AJ Brown's got a lot going on for him. I would take him. Okay. Josh? I'm going to say no. I'm going to pass for the exact same reasons same reason. that, that Sarah just said. Uh, too many mouths to feed. It's just not, I don't see it working. Not when you have a quarterback of Ryan Tannehill. If you had a guy that, you know, was better in top tier, like, I, I mean, elite tier, I think they can spread the ball around well enough. And I, I just don't see it. I think Henry, there's going to be a lot of games Henry runs away with it for him. And that's going to probably take four out of the 17 games out of play immediately. And they're going to try to, you know, get their money worth out of Julio. So I, I just don't see it. You know, it's funny because in games where Henry ran away with it, Brown actually had, uh, I had quite a few fourth quarter, long fourth quarter touchdowns that uh, that gave him 20 plus fantasy points the same day. You know, someone who owned uh, Derrick Henry and AJ Brown in, in a couple of leagues last year, I noticed that Henry's bigger days often led to big days late for AJ Brown. So I stopped panicking. Uh, so when really, when it comes down to it, before Julio arrived, uh, AJ Brown was going as wide receiver five. And after he arrives, he's going as wide receiver eight. I, I said it then, I hold to it. I think Julio actually makes things easier on Brown. I don't think, yeah, he might lose a little in the target share, but he's going to have better looks because you have to be concerned about Julio also. So I will say this from a consistency standpoint, I'm not sure that AJ Brown is the number one guy that you're going to want this year. Cause I think he's going to be a little more boom and bust than he was in the past, but I think his busts are going to be a little bit lower and his booms are going to be a lot higher. Does that make sense? It does. So he I don't think his bust will be enough to actually cost you a week. And I think his booms will be enough to win you a week. So therefore, I'm actually holding, I'm actually holding to draft him there. Uh, I had him, I had him put down as a reach before, but then I realized like for, for some reason I thought that this was pick number 33 as opposed to pick 23. And I'm kind of like, no, that that's third round. Like, you know, once again, I don't go wide receiver before the third round. So, so yeah, just a draft for me there. Uh, CD Lamb moving right along. Pick number 36, halfway through the fourth round, 13th wide receiver off the board. Let's hear it, Sarah. Yeah, I mean, when, when Dak is there, he's great. And Dak's back. I wanted to say that because it rhymed. Dak's back. He's, you know, coming off the injury. But I, I would still definitely take CeeDee Lamb. Wait, wasn't it you that had concern about Dak injury, or was that Josh that had concern about Dak injury? Which one? Was that both? I think it was both. I think it was yeah. both, yeah. Yeah, so Dak's back doesn't really apply to CeeDee Lamb, does it? I mean, it, it, I, I can be slightly fickle. I'm a girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think what I'm trying to get at is you can you can have questions about Dak and, and still be high on CD, right? I think so. Yeah. Okay. I Josh. think the two are not as in a – I'm a super-duper reach. <laughs> um, 
we don't have a hard reach uh, option, so I'm just going to say I'm a super duper reach. <laughs> Man, I, I like CD this year. He's got it all. Second year player. I think he's going to figure it out with Dak back. And let's let's be honest. There's still Cooper. There's still Michael Gallup and Zeke. And, you know, we've talked about it before, both online and offline. I don't know how you possibly keep this team to under 28 to 35 points a game for their four. No, and you, if that's their four, yeah, that is the, the yeah. course, backup quarterback situation has to be slightly better than it was last year. <laughs> so if, if their floor is, you know, if they have a top five floor, man, you, you got to say that CD is going to be a top 10 quarterback or wide receiver, regardless of who his quarterback is going to be. Yeah, I'm a super reach That's too. Fair, yeah. Like, uh, honestly, it's uh, CD Lamb. It, uh, you just heard me give all the praise to Justin, uh, Justin Jefferson, and AJ Brown, uh, and you, you heard me puzzled at how uh, Jay Jetta is going, going so low. But um, um, I think that CD Lamb is in the, in that same tier with those guys. That the, the you know does that make sense? He, He's someone who wouldn't surprise yep. me at all if he cracked the top five in wide receivers this year, with or without Dak. Uh, Dak makes it easier, uh, but you know at the same time it's uh, yeah. Give me some CD Lamb this year. Right. All right, moving right along. Deontay Johnson, the <laughs> the king of uh, running routes, the king of dropping the ball. Um, he's being he's going halfway through the sixth round mm-hmm. uh, as the fifty six target off the board. 22nd wide receiver being taken. So you reference that he drops the ball out, which is fair, but he finds ways to get open that are just insane. And he's been like favorite target. So I'm definitely taking him. He can drop the ball once in a while. It's okay. He's still good. Okay. Go, Josh. <laughs> I'm going to be a pass here. I just think that the drop issue concerns me. You don't want to be – because this is fantasy football, right? It's not – we're not talking about just the actual NFL game. But fantasy football-wise, you don't want to be in a tight game where you're probably not projected to win. You're looking for a guy to help carry you to it. And you got to rely on a guy that has, you know, hand issues. So I'm going to be a pass. All right. So at first I was going to be a pass on Deontay Johnson. But I'm starting to look. We're halfway through the sixth round at this point. Um, I'm not sure when, when I look at the names that are listed after Deontay Johnson on our list that we're going through. I'm not sure how many of those guys I feel better with than Deontay Johnson. If I know that Deontay Johnson's going to get targeted upwards of a, you know, in a 17 game season, upwards of 160 times. You get what I'm saying? Like he, he missed a, he mixed a, a, a couple half games last year. Uh, yeah. As far as uh, early injury in the quarter, miss, misses a few quarters, comes back late or, you know, the Steelers don't need him uh, the rest of that game. So he, uh, so he doesn't come back that game. Uh, still got 144 targets last year. Um, I don't get why someone like him gets targeted as often as they do other than the fact that he, he manages to get open. You know, I, if I could say one more thing real quick about Johnson sure. here. Chase Claypool was not the target guy there for the first couple of weeks of the season. I'd say probably the first month and a half. 
so those target numbers are going to be misleading because I'd you know Chase is Chase is the guy there. Yeah, but 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 they're but they're so drastic. 144 is ridiculous. And but if, if because you know we could also say that maybe he figures out how to stop dropping the football too. Right, but with an improved run game too, I don't think 144 is a realistic number anymore. Yeah, I'm just saying middle of the sixth round. It's um. There are guys I like less there, is what I'm saying. Okay, I- I'll give it to you. I'll probably go running back in this spot. I probably won't go with a, a wide receiver who has a history of dropping. So, it, it, but it's it's very close to, uh, you know, it's very borderline to me. I guess by my particular draft style, he would probably be a pass here. But I'm not going to fault someone for taking him at 56. Uh, moving right along, Jamar Chase, two picks later, 58th pick, 23rd receiver coming off the board. Thoughts? Thoughts. Thoughts and um, I, I would take him. I, I'm not not really sure. Oh, this is coming from a person who takes a lot of rookies. Yes, that's true. <laughs> um, there is potential of him and Burrow being like college buddies and stuff. I, I would give him a chance. I, I kind of like what I see there. I'm going to say take it away, Josh. All right, take it away, Josh. I'm a pass, and the reason I'm a pass here is because I don't – the same thing we said about Burrow, the line is bad. He's not – I don't think he's going to have enough time to get open. And Burrow is not the type of quarterback I think that throws you open. Yeah, let me just uh, throw this real quick. So you're a pass on Burrow, but a a go on Chase? Yeah, I know. I'm inconsistent sometimes. Okay. Well, I, I was a go on Burrow. So I feel like I'm allowed to be a go on Chase. Um, it's another one I really struggle with, though, because it's, I don't know. The, when I look at the running backs you can get in the sixth round compared to the wide receivers you'd have to take, I, I'd almost feel like it's just better to take Mike Davis with, with this pick than it is to take uh, Deontay Johnson or Jamar Chase. So from from that standpoint i'm i have to believe though that if i said that burrow is going to find a way to make things work then jamar chase has to be part of the equation right he has to so i I can't just say that it's all going to go to t higgins and tyler boyd um so i'm going to say that i very loosely would consider drafting <laughs> Jamar Chase here. Um, you know, but that's more because uh, I believe in Burrow. Uh, I also believe that Jamar Chase does fit the mold of a rookie wide receiver that could break out in year one. Whereas there's other rookie wide receivers I look at and I'm kind of like, they look like a, a second or a third year breakout to me. But you guys get what I'm saying. Like the, the whole, yeah. uh, there are definitely wide receivers that look like they break out sooner. Jamar Chase looks like the type that, that, that could break out sooner. I think the biggest question there would be the quarterback. Oh, well, not the quarterback, the offensive line. But I digress. We are moving on. The next receiver up is the 24th. Yeah, we covered the 22nd, 23rd, 24th, and 26th through 29th uh, wide receivers in this. Uh, we went very middle heavy uh, on these wide receivers because I think that's where all the questions are to be completely honest. So we're going to the 24th receiver off the board at the end of the sixth round, 
Kenny Galladay. Let's hear it, Sarah. Let's hear it, Sarah. Um, it's it's rough. I'm I'm gonna have to pass on this one. His offensive line's kind of kind of rugged. It's a little crowded with the wide receivers there too. It's just kind of an eh situation. All right, let's hear from uh, let's hear from Josh, the Giants fan. I'm a I'm a draft uh, okay. with a borderline reach in this position. Yeah, I'm a I'm a I'm a draft with a borderline reach because I just think that well, again when you look at it, I thought you were a Kadarius Tooney guy. I am, but Tooney's going to take time. Also, he's he's looking not healthy. I don't want to say injured. I don't want to say hurt. I'm just going to say not healthy. Mm. And uh, if you look at deep ball accuracy numbers, which I do believe is a very valuable stat in this conversation, Daniel yeah, Jones is a Danny top three. One of the best in the league with the deep ball accuracy. <laughs> with Saquon back, and even without Sa- if Saquon's not healthy, uh, I think Booker's a substantial upgrade over previous year's uh, running back situation. So Daniel Jones is going to actually be able to pass the ball now. You know, the teams aren't going to be able just to be like, yeah, we don't have to stop the run. You know, so I think Jones is going to prosper. And as part of Jones prospering, I'm a draft borderline reach on both Galladay as well as John Ross, Sterling Shepard, and Darius Layton. Oh, wow. So wait, uh, how, could you, uh, how could you be a – you think that offense is going to support four wide receivers? I think that offense is going to support two. I don't know which two. Okay. And that and, is the whole reason why. And that, But for me, it's it's Gaudet. But I want to say this before. I, I know where you're going. For me, okay. it's Gaudet plus one. It's not pick two. Is it Shepard and Slayton or whatever? It's Gaudet plus one. All right. So, so until you mentioned the Kadarius Tooney injury, because you know, it, it, admittedly, it's I, I didn't I didn't give a half hour thought to each of these players. I went with my gut reaction when I was filling it out, and then where my gut was saying, do a look, look a little further. I, I I read some training camp reports, so on and so forth. Uh, Galladay was someone where I looked, and I was it was too crowded at first, but that's because I thought there was, uh, and I knew that the Giants were very high on Tooney, but I actually forgot about uh, Tooney struggling with injuries early on so initially i was going to put him up as a pass but now remembering what with you having brought up uh the tuning point i think i'm on a track on kenny galladay hmm. okay i'm glad i convinced you <laughs> so it's um probably even I probably even feel better uh, uh, with with that one than I do with the Jamar Chase one, to be completely honest. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so I'm on a draft on Kenny Galladay because, uh, <laughs> you know, because the truth is the talent's still there. He, he still mm-hmm. is the best receiver in the room. Uh, and even bad teams have 1,000-yard receivers at times. Well, that's not say the Giants are a bad team. We can fight about that on another podcast. But. <laughs> I mean, they, I, again, though, when your Super Bowl champion is in your division, you're you're going to have a worse record than you should. So. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, also to be fair, it's 
Uh, the Giants have a good defense, but that, that offense is not – I mean, are you putting it above 20? I'm putting it above 20 except for two times a year. If we can, <laughs> okay. if we can delete those Washington football team games, I think that this is a <coughs> above 20 line, uh, offense. If okay. we have to factor in that, I'm still going to say it's going to be right around 20. Well, unfortunately, you have to factor it in because, it, you know, it, 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 it counts for them. <laughs> All right, but let's move right along. Uh, we are going to OBJ, Odell Beckham Jr. Taking the middle of the seventh round, the 65th pick overall, the 26th wide receiver off the board. Recent years has not added up to what he was early on. What are you, what are you giving us, Sarah? You know what? It, it seems like him and Baker just have a good connection. And his own, like, thoughts that he kind of threw out there was he feels like this is, like, the healthiest he's been. I would take him. Okay. Josh? Um, I don't know what the words would be, but amazingly super-duper-duper-duper duper reach. <laughs> Hard reach. Yeah. I mean, I'm a hard reach plus an extra hard on top of that. <laughs> Giggity. But, oh. <laughs> that did not up the maturity rating of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I um, watch those videos, man. I know those yeah. videos are skewed, obviously, to make Odell look better. That's why he's the one that released them. <laughs> Odell looks real good. <laughs> real, real good. And I think Baker's one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the league. I could definitely understand getting the hard on for Odell. So, oh, what the hard, reach uh, on, the hard reach on for Odell. <laughs> now we're up in the maturity content. It's not quite there yet. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah no, I think we all agree here. Um, I don't get why Odell is going, uh, after some of the guys he's going after. Um, I, I'm not sure that I'm not sure I'm taking uh, Odell in the fourth round, uh, which it sounds like you were implying, Josh, but uh, seventh round, I, I would be taking him before then. This is a reach for me. I would say, yeah, for, I would, I mean, I know it's crazy of an overreach in most leagues. I would feel comfortable in the fourth. I would feel comfortable if I, and honestly, I mean this. I would feel comfortable taking Odell as the first wide receiver off the board this year. Stunned silence. Yeah, I, I, I can't do it. I, I need, I need the safety net. It's, you know, when when you consider that right now you're able to get CD Lamb in the board. Like I know we would reach for CD Lamb, but I can't compare Odell to CD. If you could somehow find a way to not sacrifice running backs, <laughs> but still get both the CD and Odell, which I think you can do, um, I think it's worth it. I, I think, think it's. Uh, I think that you could get CD in the well. It shows that you can get CD in the fourth and Odell in the fifth. So I think that you could do that and take your. But I think you'd have to take CD in the fourth. I, I'm still thinking that you know you, you want. Running back, running back, running back, or running back, running back, tight end, or running back, tight end, running back, first three. I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't touch wide receivers before the fourth. That this is obviously. This, this isn't. There are many different draft strategies. This is just the one I feel comfortable with. But uh, 
Um, but yeah, no, I would want Odell as my wide receiver too, not my wide receiver one personally. I would say that said, me, I, I love him as my wide receiver too. Yeah, I would say for me though, like it depends on your draft spot, right? If you're if you're drafting top of the third, or sorry, bottom of the third, and then you got that snake back around for the top of the fourth. Yeah. I, I would feel comfortable saying if you go running back, running back, so you have hypothetically, you know, two top 10 running backs already because other people, you know, have drafted some stupid stuff. Um, yep. You have two top 10 running backs. I would feel comfortable reaching for both CD and Odell and feeling that, that those are your top two wide receivers. Man. And then just living with whatever tight end you got. Yeah, and then just because one, if you don't get a Kittle or a Kelsey anyway, Kelsey, uh, Kelsey Kittle Waller. I mean, most most of the most of the mocks are showing Waller going third in the third yeah, round. Yeah, so like, but but if you don't get one of those three anyway, your next step down to your next level tight ends isn't that bad, because I know tight ends is another show. But uh, Robert Tunyon, man, like if you if you could find a way to get Tunyon in the fifth. And now you have top two top ten wide receiver, uh, running backs, plus CD Lamb, Odell Beckham Jr., and Robert Tunyon. Oh man, does that gonna hurt for other but, people? But why? Why would you reach for Odell in the fourth if you get him in the fifth? And, and I get it that Sarah and I are in some drafts with each other. Well, okay, yeah, no, I, I get it. I, I get why you would take Odell in the fourth when you get him in the fifth because you're talking uh-huh. with a couple of people that you draft with right now. Right. <laughs> Who? Right. Were, and I, yeah. <laughs> Exactly, and I have to be able to get him before you guys. <laughs> okay, yeah, no. Uh, okay, so from that perspective, but from, from the, most people are not going to be in a situation in their league to where they have to take Odell in the fourth in order to get him. Most people are going to be in a situation right. where they can comfortably get him in the fifth. It's just unfortunately in with, with the people who have been on this podcast, you know, we only have one person who hates Odell in, in, in low. Uh, it, it, <laughs> as it appears so um so in a group in a league that has us yeah our our play group yes it makes sense to super reach for odell but i think in a normal league you can just get away with a reach that makes sense okay yeah uh but yeah this is way too much time on odell (laughs) (laughs) or maybe it wasn't odell is probably the hottest uh, is probably the one that we feel best out of everyone who we've talked about tonight right for ADP, so maybe maybe it's time well spent. There we go, OBJ. You're still relevant, even though you haven't done anything <laughs> in three years. Oh. Wow. <laughs> well, he is, <laughs> and it's true. Like, tell me where I'm wrong. <laughs> okay, Juju Smith-Schuster. Who do the Juju we do? Here <laughs> you go, Sarah. Oh, and he is being drafted uh, 67th overall. So towards the end of the seventh round, it's the 27th wide receiver off the board. So I, I do like Juju, but I think it's maybe just like a round or two too early. Um, so I, I would have to pass, but I would definitely pick him up a, a slightly later round. Okay, fair enough. Josh? Uh, I may pass. And for with the love of God, will anybody from Wolf please trade me for Juju Smith-Schuster? Like I've been tried, I've tried to move this guy to eleven other owners, and none of them have taken him off my hands. So I, I might, think that's uh, true. I might talk with you after the show. <laughs> I think it just shows, though, that like 
when people aren't willing to move on a Juju, even on a trade with a two-year contract in this type of a league, it, it's rough. And we've already brought up two other – like, let's be honest. When we talked about Dante Johnson, we talked about Johnson and Chase Claypool and the approved running game in Pittsburgh, and nowhere did we bring up Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah. So uh, he's the he's the fourth best offensive option on his own team. He has no place on my fantasy team. So when I uh, initially filled this out, I wasn't um, I didn't actually uh, I first filled out my draft reach for pass, and then I put all the players in order. Uh, you know, it, it, in the order we were going to be talking about them. So when I when Juju was standing alone with the ADP value of 67, 27 receiver off the board, I was like, hey, yeah, sure, what not? What, why not? Pass. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll take a flyer and I'll draft him. But when I see that, when, you know, when when I see that Juju is 27 and Deontay's 22, Jamar Chase 23, Galladay 24, Odell 26. Michael Thomas, uh, 28, Cortland Sutton, 29. I'm suddenly realizing that Juju is probably the name I want the least out of that whole run. And I'm <laughs> kind of like, well, so, and it's all the seventh round. So yep. no way, Juju is a hard pass. <laughs> like, you know, because the, the truth is every wide receiver that's going around him, I want more than him. <laughs> uh, it's not that I don't, uh, and so it's not a hard pass. It's not that I wouldn't mind getting him in the ninth or tenth round, like Sarah said. It's just when going where he's going, I I think I want every guy who's going in that area more than him. Right. So pass on Juju for me. All right, moving right along. Michael Thomas, how the mighty have fallen. Used two years ago used to be wide receiver one coming off the board. Now he is uh, now he is wide receiver twenty eight, being taken at the end of the seventh round in the sixty eighth position. Talk to us, Sarah. Yeah, I'm gonna have to pass. Um, Ouch! Nothing personal. <laughs> even twenty eight is too high. Part of it isn't even his fault. There's a really questionable situation going on with the quarterback on that team. Like, what is even happening over there? So it's not his fault. It's really not. But yeah, I'm at the pass. All right, go Josh. I'm not going to be an apologist like uh, the lovely Mrs. Miller there just was. <laughs> I'm a hard pass. His situation stinks, and so does he. Unless he's running, a, unless he's running a slant route. Um, and at this point, everybody in the league has figured out Michael Thomas is probably running a slant route on you. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm going to pass. And I'm going to not offer him any respect when I do it. All right. So spicy take here. Um, uh, we, we have an auction draft coming up with the three of us. I will be the first person to put a bid on Michael Thomas. I will be the third person to put a bid on Michael Thomas. And I will be the fifth person to put a bid on Michael Thomas. Uh, I don't know if that means that I would take him in the seventh round of a, uh, in the seventh round, because Yeah. Um, screw it. I'm going to reach. I think Michael Thomas brings so much upside for that ADP that, that I would still take him a whole round sooner. Wow. Jeez. 
This guy was the number one wide receiver. He wasn't the top 10. He was the number one wide receiver in the sport one injury plague a season ago. We believe that, you know, we talked about it, Josh, on, on the, uh, when we talked about the New Orleans Saints. Whatever, whatever Peyton is doing, because it's so hush-hush, we think it's going to be something really dynamic. We yeah. don't know how he's going to use those quarterbacks, but we know that Peyton <laughs> is doing something. He's got tricks up his sleeves, and we'll find out soon enough. I would find it so hard to believe that Michael Thomas is not part of, the, of those tricks up the sleeve to the point where it's, you know how Stefan Diggs went so late last year? Mm-hmm. I, I think that Michael Thomas is Stefan Diggs this year. Okay. Interesting. But if you guys try to make me pay too much for him in the auction, I will gladly stick him <laughs> on either one of you. So, um, I mean, I want to just throw this out there. I know we're going to talk about it in a minute, but before we forget, Michael Thomas is hurt. Yeah. He, he is hurt. Yeah, I, 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 I fully acknowledge that he's hurt. And the Saints, I'm not sure if you've seen this. It just came out within the last, like, 36 hours. And I know it's a busy weekend for most people when you guys have children and stuff like that. The and Saints the Hall of Fame weekend on top of that. So even football yeah. is about it right now. The Saints have issued a – the Saints news broke that Michael Thomas, for three and a half months, was called every other day by the Saints trainers, and he ignored their phone calls and never once returned them. So the Saints knew he was hurt, where they were trying to get him, trying to get him to get fixed, and he waited until it was football season and time for the OTAs to get fixed up. When he could have been back three months earlier, I I think that's going to be damaging. That's rough. At, At what point in time do you still believe in the talent to the point where someone who you know can be the best, or who has been the best in recent history? Is is going way too low in the seventh at the end of the seventh round, though. So this is a guy that's hurt and also last year punched a teammate in the face. Oh, and somehow is yeah. still on the team. So that means there has to be some element of making some sort of you know recompense or like. Yeah, that, I mean that's true, but I I just don't like it. I think there's too much going on here. Like, I think it it reminds me too much of a daytime TV show that you have to watch when you're homesick from work. That I don't want any part of it. I get what you're saying, and I was one of the people who was talking about the Saints need to trade Michael Thomas a lot at the end of last uh, at the end of last season and whatnot. But they didn't even try to trade him in this offseason. Mm. Um, I I don't know. I mean, maybe he does just fade to obscurity. Maybe maybe last year was it, but for me personally, I I can't. I would rather be. I, this is what it is. I would rather be screwed be, being the guy who took Michael Thomas in the sixth or seventh round rather than be screwed losing to the guy who took him there when he blew up. Does that uh, make sense? Absolutely yeah. makes sense. Yep. I agree. I get it. <clears throat> I don't hate it. Like, I, I don't want to lose because my opponent had it. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. So uh, moving right along, though, because obviously <laughs> we spent. Wow, Michael Thomas and Odell, two has been wide receivers. <laughs> He's taken up half the show by himself. So, <laughs> uh, Courtland Sutton, uh, taken as the first player in the eighth round, 71st overall, 29th receiver off the board. What you got for us, Sarah? 
I'm sorry, Mr. Sutton, I'm going to have to pass. Um, the, the offense isn't where I would want it to be. And I mean, Locke prefers a completely different wide receiver. So I'm, I'm just going to have to pass up on you, buddy. Are you, you're referring to Tim Patrick? Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry, I should have said that. I should have dropped it. All right. Josh? I'm a hard pass. KJ Hamward, Jerry, Judy, they're going to take away his catches, and I'll help you speed it up by just leaving it at that. Yeah, um, hard pass here, too. I don't want any part of Sutton. I don't want any part of Locke. I, if it's not a running back on that offense, I, I don't think I want it at all. All right, moving right along. Jalen Waddle, ADP 102, beginning of the 11th round, 44th wide receiver off the board. Sarah, get with us. This one was tough for me. Um, I I think he's going to break out a little later than sooner, though. So I'm, I'm also going to have to pass on him. Um, maybe in a keeper, I take him, but not just a one-year thing. All right. Josh? I'm a draft and stash um, kind of guy here. I draft him and just know that by the time you need him to make your playoff push, you're going to have him. Um, I mean, to be fair, I mean, I just, <clears throat> I made an offer to an owner and well, to, you know, for Jalen Waddle, I would give up Juju Smith-Schuster. That donor yeah, doesn't give up with anyone. I offered Juju Smith-Schuster, JJ Watt and a six. And that owner said no. So it shows you, like, you know, the, the belief is there in them in a dynasty league. Is if I'm in a one year league, I, I guess it's going to, I don't want to, I don't know how to say this right, but I'm going to, it's going to depend on the cash value of the league. In a cheaper league, I'm going to draft him and hope that I can hold on to him and use him in my playoff run. In a more expensive league, I can't see the value of having him for one, like half a year. All right. So, yeah, I may reach on John Waddle, uh, okay. especially if the league has any form of return yards whatsoever. Uh, if we're assuming that the league doesn't have it, I, I, I get it. He, he's just, he, he looks like he's just going to be a return, uh, a return gadget player. Well, I think a gadget player uh, being reunited with his college quarterback in the Flores offense is actually going to do quite well. Uh, you know, there's, there's plenty of players who are gadget players who, who, who are viable fantasy star, you know, quote unquote gadget players who are viable fantasy starters for their first season in the league. And uh, I think Jalen Waddle is actually going to be, when ESPN releases their list of the top 25 players that uh, were common amongst all championship teams, you know, the, the league winner players, I think Jalen Waddle is going to be on that list of league winners. Uh, like Mar Marquise Brown. Uh, ADP 112 going at the beginning of the 12th round, 47th wide receiver off the board. What you got for us, Sarah? Um, I mean, he's he's an average player, which is generally not a bad thing, but he's got Bateman there too, who's just kind of a younger, faster version of him. So I'm gonna have to pass this time around. Go, Josh. Yeah, I'm a I'm a no thanks. Um I, I just don't think he's – I think wait, Sarah just hit it perfectly. He's an average player. He's got a, he's got a couple good up-and-coming young players next to him. He, he's just going to get overmatched. Marquise Brown won't be in the NFL in three years. Oof. Yeah. 
so I, I do I, I don't even have to say that I'm a hard pass, right? No, if I'm saying you won't be no. on three years. Okay. Uh, I mean, as a fan, as a Canadian football fan who likes the CFL game more than the NFL, I welcome him with open arms to the CFL. But that's you're right. He, that's where he's going to end up. He's, his career is taking him that direction. And the truth is, if we were discussing Rashad Bateman instead of Marquise Brown, which would have been a much better discuss, my point for that one would have simply been you can't trust any Ravens wide receiver. <laughs> mm. So Marquise Brown doesn't even get to the point where he – uh, where I validate him with that argument. Um, so yeah, Mike Williams being taken as the 129th wide receiver off the board at the end of the 13th round, the 52nd wide receiver being taken. So again, he's an average player, which isn't a bad thing to me, but he's got Herbert there. And I think that's going to be a good thing. Like, I think that's going to work nice. So I would take him. Let's hear it from Josh. 856 yards last year, five touchdowns, 48 receptions. He almost was identical to his 2019, which is why I'm a, I'm a draft here. Uh, I think Herbert's good. Eckler's back. And Mike Williams is consistent, regardless of what's around him, regardless of how good his coach is or how good his team is. He's just consistent. You know what you're going to get. You set it and forget it. Yeah, uh, Mike Williams is very much a Mr. Consistency for this league. Uh, and again, I, I, when Sarah calls him average, I don't think she's insulting. It's no. she's calling him an average NFL starter. Yeah. So uh, no, I mean, I would love to be. I would. I would see that. Like most of us would love to be considered average at our jobs because it means we're not going to lose our job. Yeah. And, <laughs> and and this is and he is in a great situation. Uh, there is a clear wide receiver one who's going to get the focus. There is a clear running back who is a threat at on any down on the team. It, who you have mm-hmm. to respect as a pass catcher. I'd have to imagine Austin Eckler going out for a pass gets better coverage than Mike Williams going out. Uh, when when you consider that Jared Cook is now there, Justin Herbert throwing passes. Justin Herbert has more time to throw passes now because that offensive line looking good. Um, the only question is, is Mike Williams a, uh, a guy who I'd consider taking on the 11th round instead? Uh, but when I see that he's falling towards the end of the 13th, I, I don't feel he's not the type of person who I necessarily reach up for. So I, I will just draft, but I consider reach because hmm. the truth is he might just come with a much better floor than anyone who you're taking in the 11th. And I love this. You know what you're looking at at that point if you're looking at floor or ceiling. Because, you know, one quick uh, fantasy point, uh, you know, to stray away off the topic for a moment. Uh, don't take a bunch of floor guys. Don't take a bunch of ceiling guys. You know, uh, it's, you can't fill your team with a bunch of people with, with top upside who have, uh, who have, you know, low downside. You, you, you need to do a mix of each. So Mike Williams in the later rounds, if you need a floor guy who is just going to get you points, who you don't need to win the game, but you need to stay in it, he's your guy. Yeah. Michael That's Pittman, 144th player taken overall. He's been taken the middle, the second to last round, the 55th wide receiver off the board. Give it to us, Sarah. I honestly, I honestly think I'd reach for him. I think he's going to have a great breakout year this year, and I think he's going to be great. Even with a rookie quarterback. Yeah, even with the rookie quarterback. 
Okay. <laughs> Josh. His rookie quarterback's not for very long, though. I mean, um, from what we know, it is Carson <laughs> Wentz that's coming back. <laughs> I am a – again, I'm super rich here. I think you're, you know, not to go back to the Odell conversation, but if you can throw CD Wham, Odell Beckham Jr., and then flex Michael Pittman Jr., I would go ahead and congratulate you on getting your Venmo to check uh, your Venmo deposit from your <laughs> lead commissioner. Okay, so uh, I, I'm I'm drafting Mike uh, Mike Pittman. I I I can't reach for him. I you know with, with the with with a team that should be run first in my opinion with a quarterback situation that has now completely uh been thrown up in the air it's like okay so maybe this isn't a restart for Carson Wentz maybe this is just a he's a good quarterback who has who spends a lot of time on the sideline um maybe if I paid a little more attention to what Eisen uh does did as a uh, in college that maybe I'd feel a little bit better about this but um I'm not sure I trust any Colts wide receiver so by virtue of that, I would pass, but it's Michael Pittman. So for the, this is one of the situations where I think the talent is going to supersede the situation. I think the situation is just so bad for a Colts wide receiver, which is why I have Michael Pittman as a draft as opposed to a reach. Okay. Yeah, I mean, for me, the Sam Ellinger uh, conversation helps me want to take Michael Pittman. So... Okay. All right. And uh, with the third to last pick of the draft in uh, position 158, 59th wide receiver off the board, Randall Cobb. Give it to us, Sarah. Um, I'm, I'm at the pass on this one. He, he's getting older. You know, he's, he's, he's getting up there. So uh, I don't really know how to proceed half of it, what I'm saying. But uh, yeah, I, I'd have to pass just based on that. Josh. Uh, I'm a pass, and the only reason I'm a pass is because I'm so arrogant and cocky and self-confident that my last pick of every draft is always a joke player. This year in Loaf, I took Tim Tebow. Um, yeah. You know, my so I'm just a pass because I need to fill my joke player here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, for me, uh, I think Randall Cobb is, is a good bench piece. I think that you would stash him late just because it's one of those things where even if I am wrong about Aaron Rodgers, it, we all cut our 14th rounder at some point in time anyway. Mm. Like, you know, when it all comes down to it. Um, so when you consider that I'm not taking my kicker until the last round and I want Randall Cobb, that means I have to take him in the 15th round, which means I'm theoretically a reach. <laughs> That's fun. Right? <laughs> can, can you argue with my logic there? <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, You're like, theoretically a reach because you have to be. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I have to take and pick 150 or sooner if I'm going to get him because, I don't know, I'm putting Rodrigo Blankenship on my team at pick 158. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Uh, yeah, uh, thoughts? A anything, guys? Uh, anything you want to say about the wide receivers? I think for me, it just shows the depth of wide receiver. 
And if you don't get your wide receiver, like, don't panic. You know, don't reach for the mid-tier guy. If you don't get the top elite wide receivers, it's all right. Go ahead. Or get, get the mid-tier guy that you like. Yeah, but it's like, you know, go ahead. Don't panic at any point. There's plenty of them available. Take your time. Breathe. Relax. Yeah, and go get Mike Williams, Mike Pittman, and Randall Cobb uh, round 13 or later. Yeah, so just just breathe, you know. Don't let – this is the deepest wide receiver pool that I can ever recall. And so just let it happen. Let it unfold. I'm not saying don't take a wide receiver quick, but you don't, you're not – no need to panic on this year's wide receiver class. Yeah, especially when you consider guys like uh... – you know, where, wherever you sit, like, I, I'm sure that somebody is high, like, even if you're just looking at the has-beens of uh, uh, you know, the middle rounds, the, the Odell's, the Juju's, uh, and, and the Michael Thomas's, you, you're going to find, everyone's going to talk themselves into one of the has-beens in some way or another. You, you get what I'm saying, right? Yep. Uh, and, you know, a good chance, there's a good chance that one or more of them may no, no longer be has-beens at the end of this year. They may have had the resurrected career. It, it happens. You know, we, we've seen wide receivers uh, uh, fade for a couple of years and then come back. So, and uh, plenty of young, talented receivers uh, that we didn't even discuss. And, you know, it's just a matter of get your guy at the position that you're comfortable getting them. And uh, yeah, don't be, uh, don't be so afraid that the wide receiver pool is going to run out that you don't have enough running backs to make your championship push. <laughs> yeah, that's where the depth is lacking. Because the, the truth is, even if uh, even if you end up with too much running backs, you can probably get two wide receivers for a running back when, when you're making your push down the stretch. And, you know, it's uh, uh, a guy like Jalen Waddle, who, you know, two of the two of us were high on, and and another piece could probably easily be gotten for a running back that that's that's going to be on your bench, right? You could easily picture, uh, I don't know, Mike Davis might be a bench running back for someone if 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 you're uh, going that if you're going running back heavy early on, you could easily picture getting a Jalen Waddle and a Mike Williams who are having good seasons for a Mike Davis, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, anything closing, Sarah? I mean, you guys pretty much summed it up. It's a really very deep wide receiver pool, which is which is great for fantasy football for an fan. Yeah. All right. So uh, we will be picking back up with a running back and a tight end show uh, in the near future. We will also be doing a defensive line, linebacker, and defensive back show too um, this Tuesday. Uh, look out for the uh, Hall of Fame weekend recap show. And Friday will be the last installment of the defensive breakout and bounce back series. So. Uh, uh, a week from Tuesday, we'll be we'll be releasing the first fantasy show, and uh, yeah, definitely uh, tune in for uh, for those true shows. Um, and we're we're gonna try our best to give you uh, you know valuable input. Uh, you know, we're not um, uh, you know obviously we're not experts or anything, but we're we're all people that have won a league within the last what at least five years. I I I can't speak for you, Josh. When was your last victory? Within the last uh, years, right? My last victory was two years ago. Okay, cool. Yeah, twenty nineteen, and uh, or sorry, twenty eighteen. In twenty nineteen, I was in four 
semifinal games in three championship games, and I got spanked in every single one of them, oh. especially the, this one semifinal game where somebody started a kicker that got like seven touchbacks out of nowhere off her bench. <laughs> uh, you got a rebuttal for that, Sarah? I mean, it's not my fault you were, your kicker didn't have touchbacks. <laughs> no, that was Bruce who didn't have touchbacks. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you got seven touchbacks off me for wait. Yeah, I figured kicker scored almost fifty points that game. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. Uh, but and yeah, then no, it, go ruin it and lose the sack the week after. Oh, yeah, that was brutal. <laughs> I do want to say that I would be interested in paying a prize if the JMO for Real community wanted to, you know, get a do a fantasy football group. I know JMO is probably a little busy at this point, but if the rest of us wanted to get together and do another fantasy league. Uh, and I'd be willing to front for a prize for that week. I'll post it up on the page. I will. I don't use Facebook, so I'm going to have to try to remember my stuff to get in there. <laughs> okay, yeah. So uh, right, cool. don't forget to go to the page, uh, vote on polls. Uh, like th- there, were, there are constantly things, questions being asked in the group. We're currently actually looking to fill a spot, uh, one final spot in a fantasy league. Uh, um, the, the auction that we were referring to, you, you know, and you already have firsthand information that some sucker that that hosts the show is going to bid up Michael Thomas, a bid on Michael Thomas at least three times. So, uh, so yeah, uh, you know, uh, take a, uh, if you think you could do better than that, which why wouldn't you think you could do better than that? Only a moron would bid on Michael Thomas three times in an auction, right? <laughs> I like the fact that I get to bid on Michael Thomas twice just to bid him up on you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so, so, so definitely. Uh, yeah. Uh, auction league, full IDP, um, no fee. So yeah, no, no reason not to be a part of it. Right. Uh, but yeah, so uh, thank you all for tuning in. Um, hope you enjoyed the quarterback and uh, wide receiver show. And uh, I hope that we, uh, gave you something of value. Um, again, not experts, but uh, people who are used to winning in fantasy football. So take it for what it's worth. Uh, Sarah's like uh, la- laughing, it, but uh, you know the, the truth is, I think she's only missed the playoffs twice since she's been playing. I know, but I she started six years ago, so uh, multiple leagues each year. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so. Um, Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you all for listening. And, uh, you know, uh, we, we, we hope to remain fresh and uh, we, we, we hope to continue to deliver good content that's relevant, uh, you know, or at least more relevant than Odell Juju and Michael Thomas. Have a great night. <laughs>